0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca podcast episode. And I'm here with Chelsea Wise today, also brand new guest. Thank you, Chelsea, for hanging out with all of us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the podcast today.
0: Well, you know, I I noticed this the moment we logged on because we're also we're chatting via video on Zoom. um, And I noticed in the background that you've got this very organized whiteboard. I guess it's a calendar setup. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so I've got this big calendar here from uh, Lindsay Letters. It's the printed off one and then I've got another calendar here which you can kind of see in reflection of my mirror over here. but I like to have everything all organized and I can see everything. Um, I've got a lot of digital stuff too, but okay. sometimes I just need to look at it on the wall to see what's going on.
0: There is something there is something really great about the, the tangible. you know I like the, the efficiency and organization of digital. But something about being able to hold on to it or look at it or write on it um, is kind of fun too. I've even experimented in that way with with that iPad. Nonetheless, the reason this even matters for everybody's listening in, they're like, "Where are they going with this conversation?" Um, Chelsea's actually here today to talk about a smart client workflow, and and so why the organization matters is this is something that Chelsea kind of specializes in. Maybe you can give us just a little bit of context, Chelsea, because you're a photographer, but you also um, are involved in helping photographers, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I started off my photography business, um, just like six months after I had my daughter Skylar okay. and I had to really, um, kind of had a little come to Jesus meeting on with myself about how I wanted to use my time mm. as a mom. And as a photographer, um, I had, was kind of thrown into this new ro- role as a mom and a wife. And, um, then I added in the photographer thing to kind of find myself again. Okay. And I, I had to find a balance between the two of them. And so I started, you know, creating my own little systems and workflows and that type of thing. Mm. And it worked out really great. My business grew. And then in 2016, my husband got sick. Mm. And I had to really rely on those workflows and those processes to continue to run my business. And um, not just like, to keep it at like coasting level, but to really let everything thrive as like my whole life around me was going crazy, and my business really grew during that time, which is crazy. Um, and I owe it all to the systems and the workflows that I had put in place beforehand. And once we kind of came out of the other side of that season, with my husband is now doing well, good, and I'm, we're really thankful for all that. But. I just kind of had this awakening that, you know, I really need to help other photographers create these systems and these workflows so yeah. that their businesses can kind of not completely run on autopilot, but that you're not reinventing the wheel each and every time that you have a new client or something like that. So um, you can be present as a mom or as a wife or as just a human being in your everyday life. Yeah. Instead of just letting your business like overtake all of you. Um, Cause I think it's, there's a, there's a good balancing act that you can find when you're able to see the whole picture and have systems in place to do to run it all smoothly.
0: It makes all the difference in the world. I mean, in my mind, and maybe this is too simplistic, but mm-hmm. what's the point in having a business if if I am constantly run by my business, right? If I don't have the freedom and flexibility and I think there are seasons in which we're we put in extra work. Um, I'm mm-hmm. certainly doing that at the moment. I'm just like, I'm going a hundred miles an hour and and generally I actually enjoy it. it. It's a lot of it centers around creation of content for the industry and for mm-hmm. our community and so forth. Uh, I enjoyed that, but I also don't want to work, you know, whatever it is, 50, 60 hours a week and be constantly on the go All the time. In Mm -hmm. fact, that should be, in my mind, a small percentage of my existence as a business owner. I want the freedom, the flexibility that can be had, and there's really no effective way, or no more effective way that I can imagine, uh, to create some of that freedom and flexibility as a business owner than with better systems. Or, in fact, for for that matter, just implementing a system to begin with, but then developing really great systems and great workflows. That ultimately enables freedom, flexibility, and the life that really can be had as, as business owners, which can be so, so fulfilling, um, that goes beyond just sitting behind a computer all day. So I, I love that you highlight this already. And I wanted to give context to our listeners um, as to not only what we're going to be talking about, but why you're in a position to talk about it. Um, you also have a podcast, correct?
1: I do. Um, I host the Wise Photographer Podcast. It's spelled W-I-S-E, which is not how my last name is spelled, but they are pronounced the same. So yeah, it's the whole point of it is to kind of bring information that helps people make wise decisions as they build their photography business. Um, So that's the kind of idea behind the name of it. And it's really geared towards people who are just starting their photography businesses and want to start off on the right foot.
0: That's great. And we'll link to that in the show notes. We'll also put your website in the show notes, Chelsea C H E L S excuse me, C-H-E-L-S-Y-W-E-I-S-Z.com. And then of course on Instagram, it is also Chelsea Wise. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. And uh, as I mentioned, the podcast, we'll put it all in there. But I, I want to get into the conversation and and there are certain questions that I usually ask the guests that come on the show these mm-hmm. days. the first one has to do with customer experience. You're in an interesting position in that you serve both photographers and uh, non-photographers or, or those cli- so-called clients that are the other side of the photographers. What, what has been one of the most poignant lessons that you've learned as far as creating and offering a really great customer experience?
1: I think the biggest thing is setting your expectations so that you can exceed them. And I think that works out, um, no matter what business model or what business you're doing, whether you're serving photographers, whether you're serving photography clients, whether you are delivering a food service or you've got, I don't know, a greenhouse or something like that, the, the key to, I think, really good business is setting that expectations so that you can exceed them for your client and give them a really great client experience. So if you're going to turn images around, tell them you're going to turn images around in 4 to 6 weeks, but you deliver them within a week, yeah. you're exceeding that expectation. Um, if you tell if I'm telling some of my coaching clients, you know, you're going to get this much time, but you know, I reach out later on and they, you know, have more time with me or a little bit more access than originally they had thought they would, that's exceeding those expectations.
0: Right. Which is great. And it's such a simple concept. And yet I think photographers, and I've found this having engaged with photographers now for so long, photographers, I was one myself, have a tendency of kind of pushing things to the last minute um, and not creating some type of a buffer or cushion in there when it comes to timelines. And so, yeah, they they run the risk of not meeting expectations. Way better to set much broader expectations or longer-term expectations and then beat those easily and create this really great experience for the client. I, you you summed it up beautifully. It's a great recommendation. And for those of you that are not doing this, do it. Uh, you, you might think that you're going to somehow hurt the client experience by saying, hey, your images are going to be done in four weeks. It's going to be brilliant, though, when you didn't deliver on two. And uh, just the, the experience overall, that's going to blow them out of the water. I think that's a great way to go about it. Let me keep going, though, because... When it comes to brand position, um, I mean, you're, you're a photographer, but then you're also a consultant. There are a lot of photographers getting into education. And mm-hmm. so how do you create distinction? Maybe I'll ask you this in kind of a two-parter. How do you create distinction in the photography education side of things? How do you create distinction as a photographer in your market? Which, by the way, is, is what market locally?
1: Um, so I'm a wedding photographer. I am in northwest North Dakota. Okay. So we are kind of the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, Like I think our closest Walmart is 58 miles and our closest target is 80 miles. Whoa. The social distancing thing really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, we do that all the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm like 40 miles from Canada and 60 miles from Montana. So like the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But yeah. So my, our wedding seasons are really short up here. Most Hmm. people are getting married usually um, for outdoor weddings anyways. Like, the end of May until about the second or third week in October so it's a really condensed season um, we also have a lot of farming communities so we kind of take a break in August because most people are harvesting then okay so and that's kind of when schools starting up sure so it's there's there's two little seasons in there for us as photographers there um, I did do wedding or family photography and seniors for a while but after going through everything with my husband, I really just fell in love with wedding photography. Mm-hmm. On just kind of like what it stands for and like what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever read the book Start with Why, but it's an amazing book.
0: Simon Sinek, right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: I haven't read the book. I've I've seen um, at least part of that TED Talk. The but TED I, Talk, yeah, I yeah, definitely understand the concept.
1: Yeah. So so my why, like after going through that whole book, was to educate and inspire people so that they can. Um, so that we can celebrate a transformation so mm. for me in my wedding business there like for photography it's educating brides and supporting them so that we can celebrate them turning into a wife okay. on the wedding day and that wedding represents that celebration okay so i really i love educating them about you know preparing for the wedding but also preparing for marriage as well and then for the photography education side you know we're preparing you to transform your business and like get to celebrate you as you you grow and you transform into what it is that you're really supposed to do. So that's that's how my two whys line up in both of those industries, and I'm able to really stick to who I am as a person and fulfill both of those roles. If that makes sense at all,
0: it does. But this is really fascinating. But by the way, props to you for a really great uh, statement, which. I'm kind of leaning towards saying as a position statement and a little bit toward the, the direction of a mission statement, the distinction, uh, as I read it in a blog article, and I, I wish I had the, the name of this particular author handy right this second, but the distinction as a mission statement is something that we create, decide on for ourselves. It's something that's internal in nature, either for ourselves individually, or if we have a team uh, and a company, it's for our team at large. This is the thing that we're trying to accomplish for the sake of you know, whoever our, um, our market is. And then the the position statement is the thing that we say to a potential client uh, or the idea that at least we want in their mind about what our brand represents. What's interesting about the statement, helping, um, you were talking about helping-
1: Educate, inspire so that we can celebrate a transformation.
0: Transformation. So that was the word I was getting at that I was was thinking about. So celebrating the significance of of transformation in the context of a bride, it's one thing. in In the context of a photographer, it's another thing. Um, this is a really interesting that you're able to tie both businesses together under this underlying goal. Mm-hmm. A couple of things I'm curious, because I, I come to your website right now, Chelseawise.com, and I'm on the home page and I see this really cool video actually of, of you interacting with clients, photographing them, which is really great. Have you ever thought about putting that position statement up there where everybody can see it? And that's kind of the first part of the question. The second part, how do you effectively communicate that, um, what that actually means on a broader scale to the people that you work with?
1: Yeah. It's something that I'm like in the middle of going through Ashlyn Carter's or Ashlyn writes, um, copywriting for creatives right now. So I'm okay. in the middle of like redoing all my copy on my website. Interesting. Um, and which is a little plug for her. That like is the best, um, copywriting course I've ever taken. The only one I've taken, but it is amazing. And it has really made me look at where I stand in my industry okay. and what I, how I want to, Represent that. Um, you said Ashlyn so,
0: Carter, is that right?
1: Yeah, it's AshlynWrights.com. Um rights Writes but she's a, a conversion copywriter. Okay. She, we had I had her on a guest on the podcast as a guest episode a couple of weeks back. She's an amazing resource for for copywriting stuff for sure.
0: Okay, cool. So we'll make sure. I mean, I don't know Ashlyn personally, but we'll make sure to. Link then in the show notes. That's Ashlyn, and I'm actually looking it up as we're talking right now, ashlynwrites.com. And this is really fascinating. It makes me curious because I could always stand to work on my copy as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, copywriting for creatives. Uh, Very cool. Well, we'll at least link to that in the show notes if anybody is curious um and And then, when it comes to the communication of that idea though, whether it's in conversation or through the products you sell or whatever the 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 experience that you're creating is for them, how do you communicate that idea to your clients?
1: Yeah, so as far as my brides go, um I send out like a welcome magazine that really talks through is really talking through like there's like a first page in there it's just kind of a letter to the bride, and it really kind of just explains to them you know like my heart behind. What what it is that I do, and I really go into how my story with my husband, um, going through all of his heart surgeries and his sternum removal, um, really made me just fall in love with the idea of marriage. And even though we had already been married for like six years, it just you know having that person by you hmm. to stand through thick and thin yeah. just it means so much to me. Yeah. And so I tell them that story in there, and just kind of really encourage them that, you know, this, this wedding, yes, I'm here to document that. Um, but I'm here to document the day that you marry your best friend. And that's kind of like my wedding tagline with it. It's, it's, it's kind of going beyond, beyond just the wedding day. It's, it's encouraging them in, um, in what it is that's after the wedding day. And okay. that's, that's a transformation type thing that we're going through.
0: Wow. Well, it's, it's a really powerful concept and, and, again, interesting in that it kind of seems to meld mission statement and position statement, um, but really, really powerful. And there's a lot to play on there, too. Another thing about a position statement that we don't really talk about a lot is not just what does it represent as far as the service that we're offering and is it unique to our market, but then how can we play on that message, not just with the marketing, but even the products that we sell or the services mm-hmm. that we offer? There's a lot that could be done with that. So props to you for for putting together something that's really, really powerful and quite unique uh, in in that sense. But let's keep going. Um, I have more questions for you about your your business and the way that you're running and more specifically about outsourcing or delegation. This is something that we also talk about a lot here. I, obviously, I'm a, a an editing company owner, so it makes sense that we do, but Whether it's editing or album design or email or uh, other admin activities, or maybe even just doing the laundry, accounting work or otherwise, (laughs) outsourcing, delegation, handing a task or a series of tasks over to somebody else to handle for us can make a really big difference in scaling our business. And I know scalability is really important to you. Is this something that you incorporate in your workflows?
1: Yeah. So as far as like my wedding business goes, um, I started outsourcing with Photographer's Edit, I think, in
0: 2014. Whoa, Um, that's awesome. Well, thank you.
1: (laughs) It's been awesome. And so like in my workflows, as soon as I book a bride, I go in and schedule in when we're going to send off edits or like so I have to I know this is when it has to be cold by so that I can send it off to you guys. And that's been able to let me just step away from behind the computer. I now have mm. two kids at home. We yeah. farm and ranch. We have a greenhouse. We have so much going on. Wow! And I want to be active in all of that stuff. I don't want to be stuck behind a computer for sure. hours and hours and hours. Sure. And so, being able to outsource the editing has been super, super huge for my business. And it let me grow my the photography side of my business is um, by a lot because I was able to take on more clients and not be stuck behind my computer, not really wasting as much time, Sure, especially since that's a task that though photographers often will think that only they can do, it's really not something that only you can do. It's something that can be replicated. And I think that's the big thing to look for in your businesses when you're looking for things that can be outsourced is what's something that can be replicated by someone other than me. So I brought on a uh, personal assistant and she helps me out with a lot of my blogging stuff, just as far as like putting it up on there. Um, I usually will on the way home from a wedding or from a shoot, I will just voice record some notes about what the session was, how it went. Because I live in the middle of nowhere, I usually have like an hour or two drive like, from wherever I'm going. So, why not like talk to myself to yeah. make notes of it? Yeah. Because it's fresh in my head at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she puts it all together in a nice little blog wow. post and um, we get it all scheduled and then it's up and ready to go okay. um, a lot sooner than it would be if I had to, you know, go home and do that. I also love culling my images as soon as I'm done ed- or as soon as I'm done shooting mm. so like right after weddings and right after engagement shoots and everything um, I know photographers we get a wrap of you know printing stuff off to the last minute but if I can just call all of this right away and yeah. it's done like yeah. I don't have to deal with it like that's like the key to everything for me we also, for the, I have, for my podcast right away, I started outsourcing our editing. That was, I edited one and I was like, nope, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to have someone else. This is way too time consuming. Yeah.
0: Shout out to Haley who produces ours too. I'm, I'm lucky that that she handles that for us and does a really great job of it. But yeah, I totally feel you.
1: Yeah. And then, um, I think I do a lot of batch working stuff that stuff that I, right now I'm still doing, but eventually I will, lo- I'm looking at outsourcing. So a batching, um, things like my social media posts, so writing all those out at once and mm-hmm. then using programs to schedule them so yeah. that they go out. So that's kind of outsourcing. So I don't have to physically go in and post them at certain times. Sure. Um, but eventually I'd like to have some bring on like a social media manager to, you know, write out stuff and do that kind of thing. Um, just not at the point right now to do that, but it's something that you know is on the horizon and a goal for like the next six to eight months. So,
0: well, you do a lot already. I mean, and, and I didn't actually start our episode today with our our position statement, our, our tagline, if you will, our brand message, but. Um, it is about helping photographers build sustainable businesses, and so much of what enables that is delegation. Um, I Part of me feels bad that I didn't realize you were actually a photographer's edit client. The other part of me is like, I'm so glad that I didn't know because we can at least have a natural conversation about it. I, I need everybody to l- listening in to know that this was totally not a setup. I didn't actually realize that uh, Chelsea was going to mention this. Um, I uh, certainly appreciate your business, so thank you for that. But I'm just glad that it's been beneficial for you And again, for everybody listening in, whether it's outsourcing your editing, which, by the way, is probably the most time-consuming element of being a photographer, the the editing portion of it, whether it's that or other admin tasks, as Chelsea outlined, there is so much freedom to be found in learning how to delegate. And you're right. Other people can do things as well as or at least close to as well as what we're doing. It's not that it has to be 100% in order to be more than good enough for the client, um, and we have to keep that in mind, too, because I think we tend to get like stuck on this idea that something has to be just this like nuanced, um, this little tiny detail has to be just so. If not, then I, my client's going to be pissed off. And that's just not the case. Um, mm-hmm. I think we tend to blow things up a little bit bigger than necessary. But it's important to realize that in order to let go. And then once we let go, learning how to communicate effectively is really important, too. Understanding what we want clearly enough so that we can effectively communicate Really important. We could spend probably a whole episode talking about this, but I I really appreciate you sharing all of those things. And it's great perspective for all of our listeners. Let me jump to another question, though. And this has to do with business or self-help books. Uh, You mentioned, you're talking about this idea of sustainability or scalability. And the the book, The E-Myth Revisited comes to mind. We've mentioned it here on the podcast before, but are there other books that you found a lot of help from?
1: Um, I was looking through my so I love audiobooks. Because, okay, cool. You know, I'm driving all the time. Yes, out yes. here. Um, and I looked through and counted how many audiobooks I had purchased and listened to in the last year and a half, and I'm at like 57 Whoa. audiobooks. So <laughs> I'm constantly learning and you know listening to stuff okay. and podcasts on top of that. But I'd say I don't know the most impactful one. I would say it would be start with why, and you mm-hmm. could just get most of it with the Ted talk, which is great. Um, but I think that one really, I mentioned it earlier, but it really um, made me step back and look at how I want to show up in the world, how I want to show up in my business. Mm-hmm. And that why message really for me anyways, has transferred across so many things besides just my photography business. Mm-hmm. Um, It's gone into the educational side. It's shown up on, you know, how I want to show up in our church and in our community. And I am now a member of our Tioga historical society, which is hilarious Um, because of that. And, um, you know, bringing them into the digital age with the museum that we have in town. So it's been, it's, it's been a very foundational thing for me anyways, Mm. to really understand what it, my why behind stuff. And, I think if I didn't understand my why behind it, I would very easily be like, oh, there's no way that these things all combine together, but they really do. And it makes sense to me. And I can move forward forward with all of those things sure. because I understand how they tie into me as a person.
0: Yeah. I, that's, and we, we've linked to actually, we've had a number of guests that have brought up the book on the podcast before. It may even be, we have a really cool site. It's called bocabookshelf.com. This is something that Haley put together. It's a collection of the most popular books on, on the podcast. Um, and we'll link to it in the show notes for anybody who's curious. But uh, this is one that's definitely come up. And understanding our why, it, it's it's an important thing for at least two or three different reasons, one of which is, The very word that we've been talking about sustainability, right? If we're creating a business that's rooted in our values, our values are those things that are most important to us that bring the highest sense of fulfillment, highest sense of happiness. If our business is rooted in those values, then it enables us to be able to go for the long haul, um, to not get burnt out as easily. And then we'll certainly find more fulfillment in what we're doing day to day because it's rooted in those things that are most important to us. So starting at that level and letting that be the motivational factor day to day or motivational factors um, day to day, having that why it's so, so important. And we'll make sure again, to link to that in the show notes for everybody's listening in. and And again, if you're listening in and you want some other books to watch or listen to, as Chelsea does, uh, <laughs> then if you just go to bocacabookhelf you'll see a pretty cool collection there. They're organized by categories, and shout out to Haley for putting that great resource together. Let's talk about workflow a bit more, though, and this is kind of the meat of our conversation today. you You already alluded to this earlier. I was going to ask you why workflow matters to you, but it really just starts with your personal story, doesn't it? The the experience that you'd had with your husband and then becoming a mother as well and trying to juggle all of that at the same time. Is that kind of what underlies the significance of workflow to you?
1: Yeah, I think for me, like I've always wanted to see the bigger picture of things and how things connect. If you are into the personality tests at all. I'm an INTJ, so I'm the mastermind. Okay. And so, like, I have to see how things connect and how how mm. everything works out. And so that's always been. I mean, that's just how my brain works. And so being able to kind of see ahead of time, like these are the steps that we're going to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I know what to expect, and then two, I get to see how I can infuse my personality into each of those steps, my brand into each of those steps, and make it a great um, client experience. Because um, you can't make it great if you don't know the bone structure of what it is first, right?
0: Yes, so true.
1: So I think, you know, when you're you're sitting down to kind of develop your, your workflow, most uh, sessions are going to fall into, you know, having like four stages, which are going to be like your inquiry stage, your pre-session stage, your post-session stage, and then your ongoing and marketing stage. And then each, depending on if you're doing in-person sales or not, you know, you might have your pre-sale stage and your post-sale stage. And all of those things have little steps inside of them, but mm. you have to first understand what those stages are that your client is going to move through as, along your process with
0: Wow. You. My so. goodness. But so I, I guess, where did this come from though? I mean, I know that's your personality type, but you know, as we've talked about, I think maybe even on this podcast, personality, a lot of personality is... Built on our personal experience, right? We have we have personal experiences starting as little kids, and mm-hmm. and then it builds from there. And there's this kind of snowball effect of all these experiences and how those translated to the way that we processed and ultimately felt about them. And so at least. A, good portion of our personalities built on those experiences. Did you have particular experiences that led to this place where you had a tendency toward being more organized where workflows and systems came naturally to you, or do you have training in this? Like what's the background?
1: So my mom is the exact opposite of that. Okay. This, she is a very like fly by the seat of her pants. She was a um, floral florist in Breckenridge, Colorado for years and, you know, very creative person and very, you know, art inspired okay and i think i got a lot of stuff from her but like so much like for me there was a lot of stress of not knowing how things were going to go and Mm. so if i could you know have a plan of like at least this is how i want it to go yeah or like the expectation of it if things don't So according to plan, then we can adjust and move things towards like what our end goal is. So I kind of went the exact opposite of how I was raised. (laughs) And then, um, so I, you know, that set the foundation. So when I started my business, you know, in 2012, I, you know, wanted to create this structure. And then in 2016, when my husband got sick, um, in July of 2016, he had a heart valve replacement, which was, we knew he was going to have to have. It got infected in December of 2016, so they had to replace it. And then in January of 2017, it got infected again, so they replaced it again. So we had three heart valve replacements within nine months. We found out the night before the very first surgery that I was pregnant with our second child. Whoa. And then we made it home from the hospital um, in Rochester, Minnesota, so a 17-hour drive home, two days, and we were home for three days before Grayson was born. Wow. Um, And during all of that, that was in the winter time when we were having most of that, but that's usually my booking season mm. for my weddings, yeah. especially up here. Yeah. Um, so with these workflows in place and these systems in place, I was able to continue to book all of that stuff and work through everything. And, you know, I even delivered some images to some stuff that I shot in between there. Wow. While I was in the waiting room at the hospital and didn't have to like, it was a good escape for me to be able to do those things. It wasn't overwhelming. Um, and, be, and was still able to, you know, bring income in during like this crazy amount of time that we had. Um, so that really like solidified for me the importance behind the workflows and, you know, just wanting to share this with other people.
0: That makes sense. And, and I mean, when you have that personal experience where you see the value, the significance of having those systems in place, it makes all the difference in the world. Um I would just encourage our listeners not to wait to have that experience, right? Because you especially can speak from experience, the value of that. Learn Mm -hmm. from people like Chelsea, um, not only who can speak from personal experience, the value, but also can break down these steps, which is really a great segue um, to some concepts that you actually shared to me ahead of our conversation today. Three important components of a strong client workflow. And so let's just kind of dig into each one of these if we can. The first that you mentioned is that the system that you develop needs to be easy to duplicate. What does this actually mean on a really practical level for our listeners?
1: Yeah, so I think first of all is that you need to be able to to see to have that that framework of what you want it to look like. Um, so going to so you know what those stages are, and then so if you're going to have you know your increase stage, your pre-session stage, your post-session stage, and then your ongoing stage, you can you know track it all on paper if you want. You can track it in a client management software type thing like HoneyBook or Tave or Seventeen Hats, any of those. Um, but the whole idea behind it is that you have a set, you know, workflow that you're going to work through, and being able to easily duplicate that means you know having you know email templates like this is. What I'm going to say when someone asks for pricing and you can copy and paste it in there. Or if you're using one of the client management softwares, you know, it saves it as a template right. and you just work through those things. Um, but the whole idea is that you have it kind of pre-planned out so that you have the, the tools and the, the templates for any questions that come up or, you know, si- situations that, that come along. And you're always going to be adding to this little toolbox of yours. So you're always going to be adding, you know, um, you know, this is a question we're getting a lot, you know, is is eight hours enough for a wedding? If someone if a bride is emailing me that, you know, come up with a really great response and then save that as a template that you can use for the next time so that you're not reinventing the wheel over and over again.
0: Okay. So, and that makes sense conceptually. I mean, and, you know, interesting, you pointed out the significance of transformation as it relates to your brand, what it represents to your clients and ultimately the experience you're trying to create. The cool thing about having a clear and distinct brand position is it acts as this kind of overarching guide for the experience that you're developing, how you're spending your time ultimately day to day as a business owner and the experience that you're ultimately trying to create for your client. So that's kind of your your baseline. I'm, I'm raising my hand up high, but it's baseline down here. This is what underlies the whole thing and then you speak to the significance of having a, a a structure of a workflow in place which ultimately can be replicated or duplicated regardless of the system is that right
1: mhm yeah the idea is that you have the framework that you're going to you're going to move through these these Four stages, whatever stages that you're going to be doing. The wonderful thing about photography and the different types of photography is that each business is going to look a little bit different. Whether you choose to do digital products only or you know um, in-person sales stuff, like your system, each person's system is going to look a little bit different. Your framework is going to look a little bit different. Sure, but just being able to replicate it for client to client so you know this client is in this stage and we're going to check off all these boxes before we move to this stage and check off all these boxes and that type of thing so it doesn't really matter how you want to track it if you want to track it on paper i like the biggest thing that i say is just get it all out so that you see it and that you can you know move them through it
0: yeah rather than just simply reacting to whatever might be happening in front of you know ahead of time the direction you want to go and that helps kind of minimize um, a bit of chaos and disorganization. It also enables mm-hmm. us to manage our time more efficiently, which then, of course, leads to what we were talking about was more freedom later on. Mm-hmm. When we're okay, so this is a really great step when it comes to our first step when it comes to client workflow. Make sure that you've got a system in place. Period. And of course, mm-hmm. the benefit of that being. Um, or that the ultimately the value of it being that it can be replicated from client to client. You've got a system in place, you know, you're going to go from this step to the next step to the next step with each client, regardless of the system. Um, that's, what's really important that it can be replicated. And of course it can't be replicated unless you haven't actually taken the time to, to write it out. As you pointed out too, I'm really glad that you highlight that Chelsea. Um, I'm kind of going backwards here because I actually want to take a step back and ask you when we're talking about three important steps for de- developing a great client workflow, when you say client workflow, are you referencing a particular thing? Like earlier you were talking about the inquiry, pre-session, post-session, ongoing. That's that's a, a segment of the workflow with my clients. There might be other things that I'm doing with my clients. It might vary from photographer to photographer. Are these principles ap- applicable to any workflow or is there a particular workflow you're referencing?
1: Um, so for me, I was kind of referencing um, like a portrait photographer. What are the, the the client communications that you're going? All of it kind of goes into what I would say as a workflow. Um You you've got your your client facing stuff. So what is it that the communications that you're gonna have with your client, but you also have your behind the scenes stuff. Um, So you can put it all into one big thing for you to see that, you know, okay, I need to send them this email, or we've already talked about this, that's done you know, I've got my editing stuff or like, you know, I've got to call this and then I've got to, you know, send it off to photographers edit, it and then I get it back and then I check through it and then upload it. And sure. this is the email that we're going to use to say, Hey, your images are done, you know, seven days early surprise, you know, remind them that it's early so that you're, you know, you're exceeding those expectations. <laughs> Sometimes they need to be reminded that you're, you're surprising them, yeah, which is not a bad thing, but for me, I think it's just the steps that you're going through in your business um, with each client.
0: Making sure those steps are consistent and, as you said, as a result, are repeatable. That makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you're right. I mean, inquiry, pre-session, post-session, and then the ongoing. This is applicable, really, to a portrait photographer or wedding photographer. You can replace session with wedding there, yeah. and it's applicable in that way. So,
1: so like, inside each of those stages. So, those are the stages is what I call them. Okay. Inside of those stages, you have, you know, different... Um, things that you're going to do. So your inquiry is going to consist of, you know, that first contact until you have your, your contract signed and their payment is received. Right. Um, So what are all those little steps that are going to happen in between the, you know, they first reach out to you in here. And I mean, you get to decide, do you want them to only contact you through your website? If that's the case, then you need to set up auto responders on your Facebook page that say, "Hey, if you're wanting to book with me, go ahead and click right here and fill out this information, and we'll get back to you within 24 hours or 48 hours or two right. business days." Right? Um, you know, you're setting that expectation there. Then, when you get back to them in two hours or you know a little bit or sooner, you're, you've exceeded that expectation, right? So that's you're, you're setting and exceeding expectations along the whole process. Okay. Um, so your your pre-shoot stage is where you're going to educate your clients and um, tell them everything that they need to know to set you and them up for a successful shoot in beautiful images so that could be you know outfit recommendations or location recommendations or mentally preparing your um, everyone who's involved for the shoot so that could be you know letting the mom know, hey, I'm going to talk to your kids a little bit, warm them up to, you know, getting a camera in front of their face. We're not going to dive right in, you know. Um, or, you know, maybe it's telling brides, hey, go have your groom. Look at these three, you know, engagement sessions. You know, this is what they can expect. Might feel awkward to you know, pose some way, but sure. it's going to look good. So, you know, they kind of have to, you might have to mentally prepare your clients. So that's kind of like that pre, pre-shoot pre or pre-session, pre-wedding thing. And then you have your post-wedding, post-shoot stage, what you're going into, you know, you're editing, you're calling, you're delivering stuff. If you're going to be doing in-person sales, um, what does that look like? Do they need to know information before they come to the sales sales meeting with you? Do they need to know how many graduation announcements they're going to need? You kind of have to know what it is that you need to educate them about before they come in to meet with you. Um, And then how are you going to deliver all of your stuff? Are you delivering it? Are you having them pick it up? Um, so you've got those stages and then inside those stages, you've got all the little items um, that you get to check off checkboxes.
0: My word, we could have just like packaged that <laughs> section of the episode right there. And like, they, they've got the whole workflow set. That's, that's quite valuable. Thank you yeah. so much for that. But, but yeah. you, what you highlight ultimately is, I mean, the fact that you're able to just rattle that off, boom, 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 just like that means that, you know, the workflow, you know, the workflow because you've, you've gone over it. You have taken time to study it, to outline it. You've probably repeated it over and over again in your head or out loud or, or both, Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the significance you talk about in this first step toward creating a great client workflow is that you've taken the time to actually create a repeatable workflow, which means you're intentional in the way that you're engaging with your clients, better experience for them, more efficient workflow for you, win-win, great place to start. Let's go to the second point, though. You mentioned a strong workflow is important in managing client expectations. What does this mean? And, And just more practically, what does it actually look like in your workflow, for example?
1: Yeah. So, kind of like I said beforehand, in each little thing, like when I'm telling them, hey, I'm going to get back to you in 48 hours, I've set that expectation that you'll, like, if there's an autoresponder that I have, that, you know, I'll get back to you within 48 hours. But if I can get back to them in 24 hours, I've exceeded that expectation. And when you can exceed expectations, your clients feel a little bit special. They feel a little bit more taken care of, which is in turn going to, reflect really well on you and your brand and we all know that word of mouth advertising and referrals is like gold so the more that you can surprise and delight and exceed those expectations the more opportunities your client has to be like oh you should go talk to to go see chelsea she's the best wedding photographer she made us feel so comfortable Hmm. we got our images back in like seven days instead of four weeks like that's that's kind of the reason for me anyways, behind exceed setting those expectations so I can exceed them. Okay, And you can do that on so many different little, um, steps within your workflow. It's not just on image delivery, you know, um, it could be on, you know, you're, you're upgrading their album size for them, even though you've calculated that you're going to give them a 10 by 10 one. Yeah. Um, you've set the expectation, you know, for this, or, you know, I couldn't fit all of them into 20 and I couldn't, we couldn't narrow it down to just 20 pages. So we're going to add two more spreads to your, your album. You know, you've, you've exceeded that expectation there.
0: Sure. Well, so really what I'm seeing here is we're not so much talking about steps to a great client workflow. This is more benefits of a client workflow. I mean, you're, you're giving us a bonus too, and so you're actually outlining the steps, but uh, what we're really talking about is the benefits. So that first benefit is that it's easy to replicate from client to client side benefit to go along with that part B or A or what one A or whatever it might be is that it's ultimately extremely efficient, right? So it means better time management for us. The second benefit is that it enables us to better manage client expectations and really more specifically to beat client expectations because we have that workflow in place, which means a better client experience, which means happy clients, which means referrals and on the the wonderful cycle goes if, if we actually go that direction. So that's really good. Um, the third distinct benefit that you mentioned to me, um, we're going to frame it as a benefit now, is you mentioned a strong client workflow should enable you to live your life and run your business the way you envision. Now, we've been talking about this, at least using the phrase freedom and flexibility, but can you explain a little bit more specifically what you mean by that?
1: So when you've kind of calculate your prices out based on your workflow, and you've got, if you have little hidden surprise gifts in there or client welcome packets and that kind of thing, sure, you know what your cost is going to be. You can know how much you're going to, you can make on each session, right? And you're able to scale that, right? You can, you can increase your prices because you're delivering a higher value inside your workflow. And because you can automate this stuff and you can work through so many of these different things, you're able to step back from your business and maybe take on fewer clients at a higher price point. So you're not, you know, shooting 7,000 weddings a year or something like that. You know, I only shoot, you know, 10 to 15 weddings a year. One, because my my shooting time frame is pretty short, but I don't really want to take on any more than that because I want to... Be able to help out with calving in the spring. I want to be able to help out with harvest in the fall.
0: With calving um, in the spring. First of all, we don't hear that phrase on the podcast very often. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're calving right now. We had twins last night. Did you
0: really? Oh, see, yeah. I think that's fascinating. I would, I never have had the opportunity to live on a farm, but I think it would be the most fascinating thing to at least experience it for a little bit. That's, that's beautiful. Wow.
1: Yeah. So there's, for me, I married into this farming and ranching family sure. and you know there's different seasons that we have that like you can't leave home there's no one to watch kids because everyone's out in the field yeah. or you know everyone's on deck transplanting plants in the greenhouse right now and you know or it's mother's day weekend and it's our biggest day there and I can't go shoot a wedding or I can't go shoot that and I want to be there I want to be able to do those things so by setting those workflows in place so that things are automated and I can Get all that work done right away and then go out and enjoy my life and step back from it or having stuff set on auto. I've got, you know, client questionnaires that go out before weddings at certain times Mm -hmm. automatically. So I don't have to think about it. You can automate a lot of those things. I've got emails that go out that just say, you know, it's been 50 days since your wedding. I hope you guys are enjoying, you know, your time as newlyweds. I would love it if you could give me a referral on the Knot or on Facebook. Here's those links right away. So you can go do that. And that's something that goes out automatically. It's not something that I have to think about doing, but I've put the work in beforehand and I'm getting those reviews without having to, well, I'm doing the work for them, but I don't have to like physically go in and click the button to ask for them.
0: Well, you've, you've done the the majority of the heavy lifting ahead of time and it just goes into that template. You can send it out. Do, Do they, so you get pretty good response from those despite the fact that they're automated?
1: Yeah. So they, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it's automated to them. You know, I, you can go in and I use HoneyBook for mine. Sure. So I can go in and edit, be, add in some personal details kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know, Hey, I hope your, your pictures from Jamaica ho- honeymoon looks so awesome. I'm so jealous. Those drinks looked amazing. <laughs> um, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And then it will, you know, go out when it's supposed to in 50 days. Okay. And that, that has been a real big game changer for that. Another great thing for getting reviews is writing out um, a card. I, anytime I've like wrote out a thank you card and then asked for a review and thank you card, I have never not had someone leave me a review somewhere. I've asked them to do it, like getting it in the mail, like this, it, within a day of them receiving it, they have wow. gone on and left reviews somewhere. So if you're looking for a review, that's a great way to
0: do it. Well, I guess it's just that personal touch that you're not used to this day and age Mm -hmm. um, makes a big difference. Well, you know, this this last point, it really kind of sums up what this podcast is ultimately all about, too. What we're trying to do for our listeners is, yeah, we talk about photography technique and we talk about how to use a task management system and we talk about how to outsource and we talk about great books to read and all these things. But at the end of the day, what we're trying to, to do for photographers here at the podcast is help enable them to create a, a scalable or sustainable business, which ultimately means that they have more freedom, more flexibility to to create and live the life that they want to. And that really is a massive benefit of actually putting a great client workflow in place. The third one, but probably the most important ultimately at least when it comes to benefits. And so I'm glad that you highlight that today, Chelsea. Um, I know you've got more content on your podcast. We're going to make sure to link to that in the show notes uh, and then your website as well. Of course, anybody listening in, just go to W E I S Z dot com, and that is chelsea c.h.e.l.s.y wise, chelseawise and of course uh, the same thing chelsea wise on Instagram. I really appreciate you making time to to share your perspective, your unique perspective at that uh, with with the listeners today, the podcast. Any any thoughts that you want to leave them with as we go?
1: I think the biggest thing that I would love to kind of reach out to your your audience is just especially right now, now is the time to really dig in and do the work on mm-hmm. the bones of your business. With everything that's going on in the world, a lot of things are kind of on standstill. So if you can really dig in and learn you've got time to learn right now to yeah. put these systems in place yeah. and to develop these workflows, eventually we're gonna we're gonna get back into the swing of things. So if you can uh, take the time right now to to set up those systems, to work through those workflows, um, and really infuse your brand and your personality into each of those little steps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to pay off big time right now. It's kind of the perfect time to dig into this stuff because… Yeah. There's not a lot else going on right
0: now. It's true. And just to get a little bit of context in case anybody listening in is listening to this, you know, whether it's a couple, three months from now or a year from now, whenever it is, um, we are currently dealing with the fallout from the coronavirus. And that means that, yeah, most of us are kind of stuck at home most of the time. We have some extra time on our hands. Photographers aren't really shooting. And you're right. I mean, it's I was actually doing a, a presentation in a Facebook group yesterday, and um, I, I think that... I think that the the person heading up that particular group was looking for something from me to to suggest as to what photographers might be able to do to, to generate revenue or something exciting like that. Right? What I tended what I tend to focus on and what I actually brought to the group yesterday was workflow centric uh, systems centric mm-hmm. and actually even before that it was mindset philo- philosophy centric because that's where it should start. It starts with the mindset, the philosophy, the overarching value set, and then goals. And then you can develop the systems to support those goals. And that's what I was talking about, because the reality is that's the best way that we can spend our time right now. Outside of maybe doing some proactive outreach to clients and finishing up any loose ends left over from other work that we've done previous to coronavirus really working on developing our systems, having them in place and ready to go the moment this thing blows over because you know, the reality is photographers aren't shooting right now, but those sessions that got canceled or rescheduled, those weddings that got canceled or rescheduled, those things are gonna happen still. And we may end up with this onrush of, of work that happens at, on the other side of this thing. And if we're ready, because we now have these great systems in place, we've actually taken the time to do the thing that, yeah, it's not sexy in the moment, it's not exciting in the moment, takes a little extra effort and thought, the payoff is going to be massive. Um, And that's really important to keep in mind. So I'm glad that you highlight that. Thank you again for making time for the Boca podcast community today. Really appreciate it, Chelsea.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Boca podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit milu, dot com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.